0: Burnout, we feel it. We have a hard time avoiding it. And it feels like the annoying tag along little brother that I used to be. (laughs) In our conversation today, Olivia presents a really different perspective on the cause of burnout. And I'm really curious to see if this might hit the root of the issue for you. Welcome to the Perspective Maintenance Podcast, where we approach topics from different perspectives to help us get unstuck. I'm John Chow, and my unique life experiences have caused me to cultivate a specialized skill set with people. I know a big part of your desire to get unstuck is because being stuck has kept you from finding out what your full potential is. And it frustrates you knowing what you're capable of, but not being able to achieve it. I have successfully coached people who didn't think they could find a way forward because I have perspectives that most people don't see and insights that most people don't have. This podcast is called Perspective Maintenance because if you find that your perspective is getting stuck, then it's time for some maintenance. Burnout has been a really big topic that a lot of people have been talking about for the last little while, because let's face it, we've all just been isolated for so long and there's been very little buffer time like we used to have before where we can have some time to ourselves. And a lot of people have also been talking about burnout, trying to provide solutions like time blocking or making sure that you have space to do nothing. And while these are great solutions for trying to treat burnout, It doesn't really feel like it is hitting the real issue. They all feel like band-aid solutions. Well, today I think we're going to hit deep. So go grab a hot cup of coffee or tea, because this is going to make you think. Olivia joins us today and she's actually going to introduce herself to you. So I'm not going to steal her thunder. I hope you really enjoy this episode. Welcome back to Perspective Maintenance. And today's gonna be a really big treat because Olivia has gone through so much and in a lot of ways has a mind that is really worth picking. And today we're gonna talk about some really great and relevant topics. Thanks for joining us, Olivia.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: There is a really big part of your journey to where you are right now and the things that you're really passionate about. Before we pick your brain on questioning norms, Tell have you always been somebody who have challenged the status quo and just thought differently? Because you definitely do now. And it's one of the things I admire the most about you.
1: Honestly, I have to say no. I have to say that I was like a very much goody two shoes, good girl growing up. And I think that that's one of the reasons why now I'm so in this place of really challenging what we see to be true and how we need to show up and what success is and how we need to work and create it. Because for so much of my life, I was just in this kind of dominant status quo and it came down a lot to what people taught me and what my parents taught me and getting approval. And I think that it's just such an important thing for us to realize in our lives to say, okay, who am I doing this for? And is it just because it's something that I've been taught or is it because it's really a belief that's benefiting me in my life?
0: Mm, And it's so hard because for me, and I have a very similar story to yours, I've always thought that the things I was taught was what I wanted. And so Mm -hmm. it was really hard to discern between the two and to really be thinking about what I really want. That's really hard to think about. It's like asking somebody who's colorblind to pick a color if they've never been trained how to do that. And so to transition from one to the other, it's a lot of work, and you've definitely put in the work for that. Tell everybody a little bit of what you do right now, your focus, and how you use your time.
1: Okay, so I'm a burnout and NLP success coach. So as the title says, my work really focuses on how we come into the cycle of burnout and overworking, why that happens, why it's attached to these dominant narratives and these visions and Expectations of success. And I really focus on working with my people to shift them into really working with more ease, changing and challenging what they believe they need to do to be successful. And I really focus on this masculine, feminine energy conversation around creating balance in how we work and in how we rest and enjoy our lives so that you are really spending your time the way that you want to be spending it. I think that, well, one of the things that I say all the time is that one third of our lives is made up of work. And so if you're not enjoying the way that you're working, or if you're overworking and you're in the cycle of burnout, it's going to naturally fall into how you live and show up in the rest of your life. Mm. So really being intentional with what do I believe I need to do to be successful? And how does that relate to this vision of how I want to be spending my time and living my life? Because those two things are just interconnected always. So for me, time freedom is a huge piece of the work that I do and what I work through with my clients and what I really value for myself. So being able to be in control of my time and schedule things in the way that work for me and expand time or bend time is another word that I like to use so that we don't have this again, belief system around, I don't have enough time and I can't get everything done. And there's so much to do. That is not the way that I want to be living my life. And with this shift and kind of like you said, have you always thought this way? And it's like, no, but with this shift, I've really come to the belief in the reality that it doesn't need to be that way, that you can have more than enough time and you don't need to be overworked and overwhelmed
0: yeah well it's almost better that you haven't always been this way because you can talk about the experience of hey i was let's say brought up to value this and then yeah. I, that was conditioning but when i thought about it some more i actually don't really value this it was more that i was told i was supposed to and now as an adult or as my own person i'm choosing to value this other thing instead And that is so much more important because I'm not just living for other people. And all of us do that from a point to another. One of my favorite quotes is something along the lines of how we spend money that we don't have to buy things that we don't want to impress people that we don't even really like. And it's so silly that we're in this whole mode. And so much of that has to do with conditioning. So talk to us about the conditioning of what we feel like we've been taught what quote, quote, success is. Because that actually is quite misleading. And most of us are not in a healthy place when it comes to the thought of success.
1: Totally. So I think the first thing to really look at is this general idea of success, which Mm. is what do you attach success to? And that's usually like a big house and being able to buy your own house and having the fancy car and having like the big bank accounts and being able to show the fact that you have this wealth and success and the whole keeping up with the Jones concept and I think that social media definitely doesn't help with that to an extent like we can really get caught in that cycle and the comparison can come in that's really just one version of success and I think and I don't want to speak for anyone here but I do have this belief that a lot of people who probably are listening to this podcast and who are on the personal development journey don't necessarily resonate with those ideals of success, which is probably why they're here looking for something else. So that's the overarching thing. So I think the first thing is, okay, what does success mean to me? And starting to redefine the general vision. Is it running your own business? Is it having time? Is it having this dream job? What is the dream job? Is it working with a certain kind of person? Is it having a family? Is it something health related? Just getting a general gist of like, what's the vision? And honestly, that's the fun part. And then the second piece is, okay, now what is it that I believe I have to do to be successful? Mm. And this is a key piece that I look at. So the end vision is this time freedom vision, and that's the fun end result. And I do look at that in my work, but what I really like to dig my teeth into is this, okay, now why am I not doing things that align with this outcome?
0: Yeah, And
1: that's where the conditioning comes into play. And we can talk about all of the beliefs and the narratives around what we feel like we need to do to be successful. Mm. And that has a lot to do with productivity and the amount of hours that we're working and the fact that we believe the more I work, the better my output, the more money I'll make. And so much of that comes back to how the work systems were set up initially being paid per hour, hourly wages has a huge part to do. Like the more hours I work, obviously the more money I'll make, that's just not necessarily true anymore in in all areas. Mm -hmm. And then also this concept of productivity comes back to like machines working all day, every day. And just the fact that that's not sustainable for us, that's not sustainable for our bodies. And we're putting such stress on our nervous system, trying to adhere to these systems that are ultimately harming us and keeping us from the success, this vision that we want because it's blocking us from the success.
0: I really like how you're very aware of the the underlining ego that we all have and the things that in one sense causes motivation or what drives us to chase after success. And it seems like a lot of the times with the clients that I work with, they get lost in the running after the success that they forgot what why they even wanted it in the first place and Mm -hmm. they don't invest time in the things that they wanted. So let's say for example, it's a very typical thing. I'll use my father as an example. He's a great dad. I love him a lot. And he worked really hard to be able to provide for his family so that he could provide for his family. But then he worked, ended up working so much that he never really spent time with his family. It was only until he had a health risk situation happen that he was like, oh, if I keep pushing myself and I end up not being able to be healthy afterwards, I won't be able to enjoy any time with my family. And he remembered the real reason why he was working so hard in the first place. And I feel like a lot of my clients work really hard, like what you were just saying, so that they can show other people that they have a nice house or the nice car, or this and that. And then there's an emptiness that is behind that. In your experience with the people and the clients you work with, what are some of the reasons why they get lost in the rat race of chasing after success?
1: I think there's a couple different reasons and a lot of them tend to overlap. One thing to look at, or that comes up a lot as well, is there's usually one person from your childhood, so from your early conditioning, that was some sort of reason that you want to be successful. Like you mm-hmm. want their approval, you want their validation, and whatever they expected of you, those are going to be the ways that you work and the ways that you show up for success today because that's what you think you need to do to be successful. But even deeper than that, obtain approval and validation because approval and validation are love and belonging. And in a society that's based on groups and communities, you want to be accepted. You want to fit in. Mm. So that's one thing. Another thing that I see a lot is The general expectation. So, like, what are other people doing around me? And comparing and feeling like, oh, well, if they're working really hard, then I need to be showing up in that same way. Otherwise, somehow that means that I don't care enough. It means that I'm not good enough. It means that I won't be as successful as them. And so we benchmark ourselves with other people.
0: Yeah.
1: And both of these examples take us out of like our inner power and put us into the external world so we lose our own grounding because we're looking elsewhere yes. to obtain again this benchmark of like am i doing it right am i doing enough do i need to be doing more as opposed to coming back to ourselves and doing it from that place and that's where i really focus on my work to say okay what feels good to you and like how do we recondition you with these narratives, choose the narratives that you want, because your beliefs of what you need to do to be successful is going to be very different from someone else Mm. based on what you want to see in your life and based on what you want to create in your time freedom vision.
0: Yes. How do you help people detach from that? Because I think our desire to be a part of a community, like what you were just saying, is a lot of the reasons why we stay doing what we're doing And a lot of people, let's say, settle down and have kids because all their friends are settling down and having kids instead of doing that because they really, really want to do that for themselves. But the feeling of not belonging, of not being a part of what everybody else is doing, because all of my other friends, let's say, are having kids together and I'm I'm the only one who's not. And it sucks to be losing out on that. And how do you help your clients or what are some tips for the people who are listening of being able to be different, let's say from the norm, because the norm is kind of really just a lie. It's an happenstance and it's artificially created because we're all supposed to have our own timelines and do our own things.
1: Totally. Yeah. Okay. So basically that happens in two overarching steps. So I'll give you the two steps and then we'll do a little belief shift. But the first thing is releasing the beliefs that you're living in right now, because Whatever you believe to be true, you're going to search for proof that that is true in your reality. And so ultimately, whatever your belief system is, it's going to be reflected back to you and you're going to decide that it's true. So whether it's what you feel like you need to do to be successful or what you have to do to obtain a partner or a new job or whatever it is, you're going to play out those beliefs in your life, essentially. And so... As crazy as it may sound, the only thing that we really need to do is identify what the beliefs are and then shift those beliefs Mm
0: -hmm. in order
1: to change our perception of, of our reality. Easier said than done, for sure. So the first step is really acknowledging what beliefs do I have around what I need to do to be successful, especially if you can acknowledge that you're overworking or if you're in this masculine go, go, go hustle energy, or I need to do so much to be successful. What are the things that you say to yourself on a daily basis? Mm. And then the second shift or the second step is creating a new identity. So what do you want to be instead? Who is the version of you who gets up and says, I have so much time. How do you move through your day? What does this version of you believe they have to do to be successful? And the belief shift that I'll just give quickly. And I think we've talked about this before, maybe not in the sense, but the biggest Thing that keeps us in the beliefs that we have is shame. And Brene Brown talks about this so, so beautifully. But that's why we seek connection from these false pretenses of validation and approval, because we think that those are going to give us this love and belonging, when in reality, it's really just this, this empty filler. We think we're getting it. There's this momentary gratification, potentially, not always, but potentially, and then we're left feeling empty again, AKA we then go ahead and strive for the next thing to go and get it again. So it's kind of like this instant gratification cycle and that's how we end up in the overworking, and the burnout thinking we need to do it again and again and again. And so just understanding, I think this is just such a powerful mindset shift that when we are seeking success or taking action from a place that is rooted in shame around, I need to do more in order to get this approval from someone or because I believe that I needed my father's or my mother's or my teacher's approval when I was younger. And so now I'm perpetuating this cycle in my life. I think just recognizing, and this is what I see so much with my clients, when they recognize that it's not coming from this pure intentional place, they're like, oh my God, I've been living in the dark kind of thing, or I've been working in this kind of dark magic place when like I can come at it from a different perspective. And so challenging the status quo is about stepping into the light essentially. And that's a whole different perspective than this fear of releasing what I know. It's I can actually get pure love and belonging because I'm creating that for myself in the way that I'm showing up.
0: Oh, Olivia, that was such a beautiful way to to talk about enoughness Because what I'm hearing, at least what's really resonating with me as you're saying this is before, if I was chasing after approval of other people, then I'm constantly feeling not enough. Mm -hmm.
1: If I'm able
0: to get to a place where I am enough, then I will appreciate when people do approve of me, but I don't feel like I desperately need it. If I'm able to be in that place and I can show up to a new work environment, or I can show up to a new relationship. Or anything in a place of enoughness. And that's very different because if I show up in a place of not enoughness, I can be getting a new job and it's a kick-ass job. And I'm really proud of this very prestigious job, but I'll be chasing after the approval of my new boss or my new peers. And it's going to be in this headspace, or I can finally find the person of my dreams and be in this relationship, but I'm going to be in a place where I am looking for their approval. And that is not going to give me the healthiness that I really ultimately desire. But if I can be enough before I step into the those environments, then all of a sudden the me that shows up, the me that they get will be very different. And that whole dynamic of those relationships will be extremely healthy for what it could grow into. And that's a really ideal situation.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, you completely nailed it. And it's so interesting because this theme of enoughness when we feel like we need to do so much and we're like I'm never doing enough that is so much in this masculine energy and we talked about this briefly before as well and the masculine energy is is the giver it's the doer it's the action taker and we need that energy we need that to initiate and to create and execute but if we're not also balancing that out with the feminine and just to touch on that quickly we all have both of these energies within us it has nothing to do with sex or gender or anything like that it's simply we have this balance within all of us. And Mm -hmm. it's about identifying what your balance is, what your middle ground is. And that's going to be different for everyone. But if we're constantly in this masculine doing giving energy, then we never create space to be in this receiving energy. And the receiving can be really hard when you've never been taught that being there is safe, when you've always been expected to show up because of this mentality and this conditioning
0: of not enoughness. Yes. Wow. And I'm really connecting right now, kind of for the first time in a really major way. We talk a lot. There's been a lot of buzz over the last couple of years of the word abundance and inviting abundance or manifesting things into our life. And it's just so interesting now that I think about it, if I'm always in doing mode and in trying mode, I cannot also be in receiving mode. So then I would say, oh, things don't come to me. Well, obviously things are not going to come to me if I'm constantly in the doing and trying mode until I actually allow myself to be in the receiving mode, then I can actually be manifesting. Then I can actually be accepting of all the abundance that is out there. But it's me trying to embrace abundance or, or manifesting things in my life in my trying mode. And there being that friction and it's not happening that I get frustrated. I'm like, I don't believe in this crap of being able to (laughs) attract things into my life when I'm not really attracting things into my life. I'm trying to still make them happen by trying and doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think this just to circle back to what we were talking about before having this, like you said, what are the two steps that people can take? And it's like, well, there's so many steps, but as soon as you give yourself space to step away from the doing and the overworking and that comes with doing the belief work around what do I need to do to be successful and addressing the shame so that not doing can also feel safe, that's when you actually start showing up from this so-called feminine energy first. You're saying what feels most aligned to me in this moment. You have clarity on what you believe you need to do or want to do or get to do to be successful and what that success looks like for you And then you take action from that place as opposed Mm. to the other way around, which is what we've been taught. Here's the criteria. Now go do it and repeat again and again and again, as opposed to creating your foundation first and coming from there.
0: Wow. And I mean, there's been a lot of talk as well about blue zones and people who live the happiest Mm -hmm. lives, the longest lives. And I think about that all the time. In, In some cases, I'm sitting here, I'm like, What am I doing living in Toronto, (laughs) especially when it's snowing in April, but also what am I doing in this hustle and bustle culture? The people who are living in these blue zones, there's no shame of not being a millionaire. There's no shame of not owning a big house. There's no shame in all these other things that we are putting shame on ourselves because of the comparison of the model or the norm that we allow ourselves to be encapsulated in. Whereas all the people who are living in some of the ha- people places in the world where they're the most happy, they don't have th- these same issues because their focus and their value is on totally different things. And at yeah. the end of the day, what is better than the other? is the person who dies a millionaire better than the person who dies not a millionaire? I don't think so. But except the life that the two people live are very different. One is very, very stressed out and one mm-hmm. is a lot more happy and able to live for themselves instead of for other people. And that is so crucial.
1: Totally. I think that that's such a great point. And it's so powerful I think to see what other people create in their lives. And that, you know, it's so much again, coming back to our conditioning so much around who you grew up with and what people taught you. And even within that to know, I have the power to change those beliefs that I can decide. I don't like stress and money don't have to be mutually exclusive. I don't need to be stressed out to create massive amounts of wealth for myself. Like I can actually create that in a different way. Maybe you think I sound crazy saying that right now if you're listening to this but that is the power of of beliefs and shifting away from the status quo that literally says i need to be so stressed out and i need to work myself into the ground if i want to have a lot of money for example like if we're talking about money as a part of success and for me that is a huge part of success creating financial wealth and abundance is part of my time freedom value because when i have that now that i have the money i get to have the kind of time that I desire for myself. I get to spend it the way that I want. Um, And it's about, or for me, my journey, and this is the work that I'm doing is what are the beliefs that you have to put in place then so that those are reflected in your reality that I don't need to burn myself out, which has been a cycle for me in the past in order to create success in this sense, that I don't need to work crazy hours in order to create the success. And just, I think it's so important for us to realize that that's such a dominant narrative
0: that we've Mm. been taught. And you've really shared with us this one of the secret sauces of this whole conversation has to do with our belief system and who we see ourselves to be our identity. So then can you give us an encouragement to those who are listening, if they've been living in their identity for the last 30, 40, 50 years, and there has been an inkling in the last couple of years or decades even of coming into their own or becoming themselves or embracing a new identity There's also a lot of discomfort and fear around letting go of the previous identity. And interestingly enough, right before we started recording, we talked about this. There's no way to invite the new to come in when we're so attached to the old, except if that's all we've ever known. And the idea of being somebody new is very, very frightening because we don't know what's on the other side, then it can prevent people and delay them from finding that for another year or another year. So what encouragement would you say to those who are listening right now for them to begin this journey of the new?
1: I would say start small. This is a journey that will last for the rest of your life. And this idea or notion that you have to complete it in a certain amount of time. I actually talked to someone the other day and they were like, I'm so over this work and I've been doing it for such a long time and nothing's changing. And I was like, how long have you been doing it? And they're like six months. And I'm like, this is, (laughs) this is a lifetime commitment. You have woken up now to the fact that you want something different in your life and you want to create a different reality for yourself and you are going to continue to choose that every single day for the rest of your life. You're not going to just check this off at one point. And again, that's that masculine expectation and energy that we've been taught. It's like, okay, check off, done. Next thing. No, this is about getting so comfortable with being in this process because Mm. it's not going to end. So that's the first thing. It's just one step at a time. And to really focus on wherever you are right now and enjoy being in it, even when it totally, totally feels uncomfortable, or you want to say it sucks, just staying with it and staying present in, in the suck. So to say,
0: (laughs) yes, that's so helpful because I think a lot of times it's about reality versus expectation. And if Mm -hmm. our expectation is, Oh, there's not going to be a suck. And then when reality hits and it does suck a lot, then we're going to want to get out of it. And I just was thinking about almost a logical fallacy. We always talk about transformation of the caterpillar, the cocoon, and the butterfly. And But what we don't realize, or at least I don't think about this a lot, which is the caterpillar had a chance to pause life, be in the cocoon, and then restart life again once they're a butterfly. We don't have that opportunity. We are going through the cocooning stages as we are living our life. And so yeah. literally nothing is stopping around us everywhere. So we still have all of our commitments, all of our obligations, all of our family, people that we need to take care of and this and that. And we're supposed to be going through the transformation. That's highly uncomfortable. And so yeah. the embracing the suck, like you said just now is so crucial because we will get to the other side of the cocoon and, be, and blossom into, a, well, I don't know what the right word is, flourish into a butterfly. Um, <laughs> and then we might go through that multiple times. I know I've gone through it at least twice now where it's kind of like, oh, I'm different than I am five years ago, who was different than who I was five years before that. And like you said, almost this is a lifelong thing. And it's not like we're going to go through one transformation and be exactly who we want to be. It's going to be again and again and again. But I do want to say, and I can see it in your face as well. I can tell that you've never been happy with who you are. And I feel that way about myself. And it's really then what causes all the suck that I've had to embrace for so long be really worth it because I would not trade the suck for who I am today. I'm so, so grateful to be able to be here, but it was also only possible because of the suck. And you're a great testament of that as well.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's such a powerful point of pulling through, but doing it in a way. And I just want to circle back to the cocooning thing because it's true. Life moves on and we're doing, 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 and you still have to show up for all these things. But how can you be, as soon as you recognize, okay, I'm in a cocooning phase. And I know that the inkling inside of me is wanting me to do or fix or control. How can I let go? How can I lean into receiving whatever it is that I'm meant to be receiving here? Because the more that I fight the suck and the more I try to get out of the suck by forcing or doing, the more it's going to pull me down because there's a lesson for me to learn here. Mm. And I think, just in terms of like this this transformation and it sounds so beautiful and especially when you're on the other side and you're like oh my god I wouldn't trade it for the world because I wouldn't I needed that in order to get to where I am today but I think that there's also maybe a little bit of a notion or expectation that when we go through manifestation, because that is the energy that you're in when you're like letting go, surrendering, receiving, doing the belief work, recognizing what's coming through, what you're meant to release, to create space for, getting those intuitive downloads, that it's like, so butterflies and rainbows. And I think it's so important to be like, it's okay if it sucks. It's okay that it feels hard. That is part of the process. You're being initiated to step into this new identity. And so you're, it's a test, basically, it's a test that's followed by an opportunity Mm -hmm. and you get these tests all the time. And Mm -hmm. if we're not listening to the tests, they're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, but seeing it for that, even when you're in it completely changes the perspective of, oh my God, everything sucks. The world is against me to, oh my God, how is this happening for me? What can I take from this? What am I meant to learn and grow into because of this?
0: Wow. And then then maybe there is a chance for us to look forward to something and then have that be a little bit of a motivation as well. I hear a lot of athletes as they're going through the grind, they think about the feeling of how they'll feel afterwards. And it allows yeah. them to push through the grind that much more. So maybe to, so to, to let everybody know, Olivia has so much amazing things to share that we're actually going to do a two-parter. So this is the first part that we've discussed here, and I'm going to end with a little exercise that I just thought of, and then she's going to come back for another conversation. We're going to surprise you on the topic. So then it makes me think right now, one of the things that we could do, as you say, embracing the little um, parts of the journey or starting small is also celebrating things. And I love to challenge everybody listening right now to think of one thing about yourself that you really, really like because you weren't like that before. And hopefully that will help you embrace the idea of who you're going to have some turmoil to grow into the next person because you're going to really like that. So without putting you too much on the spot, which I'm obviously putting you on the spot, Olivia, (laughs) what is something that you really, really love about yourself now that you were not like before? And I'll answer it as well.
1: Okay. So right now, the first thing that comes to my mind is... There is a mantra that I've said for the last couple of months after everything that I've currently gone through in my last initiation and transformation and up level. And that is the breakdown is followed by the breakthrough. So embracing the suck and knowing like that something bigger is coming. And through that, my mantra has been take up space and take no shit. And for me, that's been such. Like that is something that I'm really appreciating about myself right now. And I'm super proud of because coming from this little me who was following the status quo and felt like she had to be the good girl and show up for everyone else and do the right thing and all of that, like it has been hard in my past to do the other thing or to speak up about it and to stand really strong in what I believe and to own it. And so that is something that I'm super, super grateful for and really proud of myself for.
0: Wow, you should be. That's wonderful. Taking (laughs) up space is your right. And I think a lot of, especially girls, were taught not to take up space. And so there's a whole other conversation about masculinity and femininity that we could probably go into. You are occupying the exact amount of space that you should. And that's why you can also do the amazing work that you do in other people's lives because you're taking that space. So that's wonderful. For myself, I think about how, and I really do come from a very trying kind of mentality. A really big part of myself has been that for a long time. And that also meant being resistant to the unknown or for the future, trying to overthink and plan for as much as possible yeah. when that's not realistic. And I'm happy being a person who is able to embrace the unknown, be very comfortable with what, it, not knowing what is coming up next and not overthinking it and trusting myself that I have exactly what it takes to handle whatever comes next without really knowing what that is. It's a really great place to be. And of course that can grow in its own way some more, but I think yeah. one of the impacts of what has happened from enduring certain hardships is being this person now and I'm really grateful for that
1: that's amazing that's huge too because surrendering is one of the hardest things we could do it's letting go of of control but there's so much excitement and I always like to frame it as let's just see what happens like it's a big surprise how exciting is that
0: Oh, super exciting. Yeah. It's so many different ways. And we're, we're not going to, those who are listening are not going to know what's on the second part two. So that's, I'm excited for them to hear what's next from now until then, if people want to find you, where can they find you?
1: All right. So you can find me on Facebook and Instagram on Facebook. It's decluttered intentions on Instagram. There is a period between decluttered and intentions after the whole Instagram debacle. And you can also find me on my website at declutteredintentions.com. If this really resonated with you and you want to get into this work more, I have a free workshop coming up in May. I don't know when this is going to come out, but my plan is to do them monthly. So it's a come as you may when it feels aligned for you. And it's really about how to be in this, in this feminine receiving mode. So mm. that's also a great place to dive deeper if that speaks to you.
0: Thank you for your time today, Olivia.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: As you can tell, I really enjoyed this conversation. There's so many different layers to it that there is to unwrap. And I really am excited to have this part two with Olivia to talk about so many other things, especially things related to masculine, feminine, and everything with even my new understanding of why I was having a really hard time receiving. It's all making a lot of sense. There are too many takeaways, so I'm going to summarize three of them. First, burnout has more to do with understanding our narrative than we realize. And that was such a huge one. And it's all the band-aid solutions that people are saying right now, of trying to fix burnout by just managing our time better or time blocking time for ourselves to do nothing or to try to have things in our lives that also help us relax. These are all great things. But if we don't change our narrative, then there is going to be a continual Burnout, that's a long burn. And that's not the kind of burnout we want to have in our life. Second, I love this. If we're trying, we cannot be receiving huge revelations. And then the third of one of the takeaways is that life goes on as we go through transformation. So for us to learn how to embrace the suck while we're going through the transformation, as we still have all of life's obligations, that is super important. So I really want you to answer that question that we had at the very end that Olivia and I both answered. What is something that you are really happy about with yourself right now because you weren't like that before? I really wanna hear your answer. So either message me on Instagram where you can find me at the John Collective or go to the show notes and fill out the feedback form or the questionnaire and write in your answer because this is something that is really worth celebrating. And if you don't have an answer to this, it's really, really important for you to think about it because like we talked about with the last episode with change, If we don't have something to look forward to, then we're going to resist change so much more. So if we can celebrate something about ourselves now that we really like that we were not like before, it just helps us embrace the suck when we're going through the transformation. And that is so huge. I would love to incorporate your comments and questions in the solo episode that will come out on Sunday. So share with me your thoughts and we will talk more in the next episode. Bye for now.